When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is Sode number 110, the Code Blue Games of Sodes. Great huh? one. Great one. This You know it's going to be a good Sode if it's a Code Blue Game of Sodes. Uh, that's Everybody what they say. Everybody loves the Code Blue. Everyone loves the Code. Does everyone love the Code Blue game? Because I, I love the idea of the Code Blue game, but I feel like Titans fans, I guess it's caught on in recent years, but. For the first, like, seven years... Now, granted, the team sucked, but for the first, like, seven years, they did Code Blue games. Nobody wore blue. Yeah, you got to buy in. You got to buy in. We'll we'll have to do some research on just how the Titans fare in these Code Blue games because, like you said, it did start kind of when the team was down in the dumps. Yeah. I I remember because I was working working at an ad agency, GSNF, in Nashville uh, at the time uh, when they... And the Titans was one of our clients and we that we're like all right guys top secret like we got this new thing with the titans it's going to be a code blue game we're going to encourage all titans fans to wear blue to the game and i was like oh this is awesome you know like being a titans fan working in that agency where the titans titans as a client i was i was stoked and then and then like the game came and it was like oh mike munchak's not good at this the whole coaching thing (laughs) (laughs) at least not at not at the head level he's a very good coach don't get me wrong not a great head yeah. coach. There's you know, only 40,000 40, people in the stands. <laughs> yeah. 15 to 20,000 of those people being <laughs> fans of the other team. Right, it's, it's right. It's hard to It's hard to be code things. blue when, when, yeah, it's hard to be code blue when everyone else is wearing Steelers colors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to submit a sewed title for next week, just tweet at us at Titan Up Pod with something really obscure about the Titans, and we'll name the show that and give you credit if it's good enough. So uh, send us one. I think last week was named by George Woodard. Uh, and uh, yeah, so if you've got one, send it to us. Also, speaking of Twitter and Instagram, look, listen to me. We're going to be real with you. And this is, we're going to do it in the cold open right now before we even start the show. We're making a push to a thousand followers, both on Instagram and on Twitter. And we are close. We need your help. Jump on to the social platforms. Give us a follow. Help us get to a thousands. That's not much, okay? Way more of you listen to this podcast. If every single one of you just gave us a follow, then we'd be we'd be raking in the followers, okay? And we'd be and look, and it's it'll make your timeline better, okay? We're not like one of those podcasts that's like, hey, follow us, and the only thing we we post is like the link to our podcast. Like, no, we're better than that. Okay. We wouldn't tell you to follow us if that's all we did. So follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter and uh, help us get to a thousand before draft night. That's our goal. And we have given you guys goals in the past and you have met every single one of them. And so we're asking you 
I, Bernie meme. I am once again asking for your follow. <laughs> <laughs> We've got 882 followers on Instagram. So we're pretty close there, just 118 off. We've got 824 followers on Twitter. So as you're listening to this, you can, you can, by the way, you can do this on your phone. You can do it while you're listening. You That's can, the while cool you're thing. listening, you can go on your Twitter, go on your or, Instagram. Or, oh, wait, sure how about this, following. Jack? You know what? I don't think you can do it while listening. I don't think you can multitask. I don't think you have it in you. Yeah. I don't think you're smart enough to figure it out. See, a little reverse psychology there. Oh, there it's gonna, this is going to work. <laughs> Today's sode is awesome. We're joined by uh, Rhett Bryant from the Tennessee Titans Radio Network. Guys, Rhett is awesome. I don't know if you've ever heard him on The Zone or anywhere. I'm sure you have. He's just super cool. I've known him for years. Super nice guy. Incredibly genuine. He is like the the epitome of like Southern hospitality working in an industry that is anything but hospitality. <laughs> it is. He is a nice. He's one of the nicest dudes in radio. And I, I love him to death. Uh, and I'm excited for you guys to talk to him. Plus, he knows his Titans inside and out. And oh, he yeah. is in the middle of the zones draft coverage, like, you know, planning everything and getting all the imaging ready. They do so much work. They start working on the draft episodes of their, you know, their draft content for the zone, like back in January. Like it's unreal the amount of coverage they get. It is why they are the best in the business. And Rhett Bryan does a whole lot. He, he really spearheads the whole thing over there. He knows yes. just about everything about everybody. And by the way, oh. we, we've had him on here once. Fantastic interview. I'm so excited to hear what he has to say this time. Last time he came on, he told us a story about he uh, about how he was a uh, a radio DJ was just working the night shift somebody walked in pulled a gun on him so I wait do, wait did we have him on while I was while I was hosting or was that was that what I want to say I want to say you were hosting oh my again, gosh I, I thought this was the first way. time we've had Uncle Rhett but maybe I'm wrong no and I believe it was close to the draft last year so it could have been Luke sitting in but okay. it, you know he he comes with tons of info tons of great stories he's as good as it gets. I'm pumped to talk to him today. Uh, also got remember the Titan. We'll talk about uh, how the Atlanta Falcons are now the Tennessee Titans uh, and <laughs> and a few other things. But before we get into all of that, let's first get a word from Relax the Back. Let me say a quick word about our friends over at Relax the Back. CEO Glenn Word has made it his mission to not just enhance sleep, but enhance lives. Glenn was involved in a very serious car accident many years ago and was staring down the barrel of multiple surgeries. Before going under the knife, Glenn sought out preventative measures to correct his body through sleep technology and posture improvement. And over the course of time, Glenn's body self-corrected and he managed to avoid any procedure, which is what makes Relax the Back a passion project of his. The Relax the Back team sets out every day to help people in the Nashville area to work better, live better, and feel better every single day. If you're like me and you struggle with insomnia and posture issues, can't go to sleep, you, you, when you're working, you're sitting up, kind of hunched over a little bit. If you have those problems, this is the place for you. They've got a variety of chairs that combat neck and back pain for those of us who are sitting all day at work, hunched over, or struggle struggle with sleep at night. They've got Technogel and Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses to help maximize your sleep every single night. The Relax the Back team is going to make sure you're waking up and feeling great every single day. Go check them out. 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville, Tennessee. It's right across the road from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater. It's over there by Hillsborough High School. If you're unable to get there in person, don't worry about it. Check them out online. You can see every single product they have in store at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville. One more time, stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville and start feeling better today. When you go in, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. 
And with that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Titan Up Podcast. Today is April 13th, 2022. And last week, we started joking about a uh, rebrand from how we're going to rebrand this podcast from the Titan Up Podcast to the Rise Up Podcast. And Jack, let me just say we are closer to that rebrand today. And no, A to Z Sports is not opening up another affiliate yet. That we know of, I don't know. Honestly, they may have. They, they could be on. They may have started one. six new new cities since the last time I saw them. It, like literally, business in the in the words of Antonio Brown is booming. Okay, and uh, so A to Z could be there. And Jack, look, once I, I honestly, I think you and I need to be the first ones through the door of the fa- the facilities of the A to Z Sports Atlanta offices. You know why? Because. If we start a podcast about the Falcons, we'll essentially just be starting over with this podcast because (laughs) Arthur Smith is building the 2018 Tennessee Titans down in Atlanta. And I so we'll be very knowledgeable. In fact, we'll probably be the most knowledgeable about the Falcons than actual Falcons fans just based off of who they have as personnel. And they uh, with today's signing. They added Anthony Ferkser. He is now a Tennessee Titan, which I'll be honest. Atlanta myself, Falcon. It, yeah, what did I say? He's now a Tennessee Titan. He's now an uh, Atlanta he, Falcon. Sorry. Well, sorry. He's now a, a, a 2018 Tennessee Titan, meaning he is an Atlanta Falcon. Yes. It's synonymous. It's one and the same, really. I think Titans nowadays. fans that, that heard that, their skin just crawled a little bit after the season that Ferkser <laughs> had last year. I Jack, can I come clean? Is this a safe place? Yeah, safe. Totally um, safe. And, and and I'm not alone in this. I know this for a fact. But I legit did not even know Anthony Ferkser was a free agent. <laughs> I I legit like and and you, you thought the he, Titans were stuck with him? So I yes. And I <laughs> and on um in my group chat, my Titan Tennessee Titans fan group chat, literally another guy right after this news broke texted and said I didn't know Anthony Ferkser was a free agent. And I and I, I was like almost so – it was the fastest I've ever replied to a text message. I was like, oh, my gosh, neither did I. Like I, I'm, I was – like it felt good to know that I wasn't alone in that thought process. But here he is now joining up with Arthur Smith. And, Jack, I mean, what is Arthur Smith doing? Like what is he – is he addicted to former Tennessee Titans? Do, do we have to have an intervention for Arthur Smith? <laughs> it's certainly becoming something, you know, interesting down there. And I don't necessarily blame you for not knowing that Ferkshire was a free agent. Although, you know, most people did. Uh, it's just, he kind of <laughs> just fell off the face that of the earth crazy. last season. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really he did. Jeff Swain caught more ball. Jeff Swain was the more effective tight end. It seemed like. I think it was the energy that Michael Pruitt brought. You know, like Michael, I think Michael it, Pruitt would always pop up during big games and make a make a, a fun play to yeah. either either swing the momentum or or put put the Titans in the end zone. But Anthony Ferkser really struggled last year and what was supposed to be, you know, his year. He caught 34 balls. So I think that ended up being a little more than Jeff Swain. But he just it, that's not including was, the ones he dropped. Yeah, <laughs> for, for what was expected out of Anthony Ferkser, he really failed to 
to meet meet that bar that they had set for him this year, especially after getting rid of Johnny Smith. So Anthony Ferkser on a one year deal. It, to, in his defense, high bar. That is, and literally any yeah. Michael Pru, any of the guys that filled in last year had a like a high bar to set. John Johnu Smith, I think, had the potential of being better. If he would have stayed, if he would have been in Tennessee longer, I think he had the the potential of being one of the greatest tight ends in franchise history. And that's a and you know how big we are with our tight ends here with with Delaney Walker with Frank Wycheck. I mean, like literally, the history is deep. Um, ben Tate, people forget. Uh, I think it's I think that Johnu could have been that. So and and I and I felt that after only you know really only one season of starting for him. So. For that to be said, I, I do think like, yeah, Anthony Ferkser was kind of in a no win situation with, with unless he was it came out just with his hair on fire, which he did not. Yeah. And he couldn't find he couldn't find a way to get in the end zone. The first touchdown he scored, you remember he fell on that fumble in the Texans loss that was in the end zone, which was technically his first touchdown. That, that counts. Week, that counts. It came in week 11. But yep. then his, his real first receiving touchdown didn't come until week 16 or I guess it would be game 16 against the Miami Dolphins in what was a blowout win. He caught three passes in that game. His biggest game last year was week 18 against the Texans, four catches for 56 yards, Just which was a really needed, got going. A needed game, which was a needed game for that uh, that division spot. Look, yeah, it, it some might say Anthony Ferkser comes up in the biggest games. <laughs> yeah, except in the playoff game where really the only thing he did was tackle somebody. So uh, he had one tackle, no catches in the playoff game. But yeah, um, it, yeah it was it was it was a tricky situation. And you know, I I I hope that Atlanta works out for him. But now we're looking at the the Falcons roster, and there's a ton of Titans down there. We've talked yeah, about this absurd. last week. Right now, down in Atlanta, they have obviously they brought in Marcus Mariota this offseason. They right. have Bo Brinkley, of Missouri Tiger, your boy. Yep. The greatest uh, long snapper in Titans history. They signed Rashawn Evans. <laughs> Naturally. Who was a healthy scratch late in the season for the Titans. I, I think the Titans are comfortable moving forward with Monty Rice, David Long, and Zach Cunningham. So Rashawn Evans goes elsewhere. He finds his second contract down in Atlanta. Then they've also got Anthony Ferkster, obviously, and then tight end, a practice squad guy. He, he was with the Titans practice squad for a little while. Parker Hesse down there. So that's five current or five for, former Titans currently on the Falcons roster. And Tajay Sharp, who caught 25 passes last year for the Falcons. And by the way, they don't have a receiver on that roster that's eligible to play this season. Shout out Calvin Ridley. They caught over 31 passes last year. So it's not that far fetched to think that, you know, the 27 year old Tajay Sharp finds his way back onto that roster. That would be six former Titans there. Yeah, are you are you thinking what I'm thinking? Like Calvin Ridley right now is currently looking up the over under win total for the 2018 Tennessee Titans and betting that heavily <laughs> on the Atlanta Falcons this season, right? He's definitely doing some research on that 2018 season. <laughs> but then you've also got Dean P's defensive coordinator up there. You've got Arthur Smith, the head coach. I, I mean, Arthur Blank is a is a sharp owner down there. He, he's gotten the Falcons to a Super Bowl. He's yeah, oh yeah. He's, he's, he's I, I I love the players. Falcons ownership, despite them like having their struggles on the field. I think that is a very well run organization. I mean, some great players have walked through those doors: Mike Vick, Roddy White, Julio Jones, Algie Crumpler, Brian Finneran. Brian Finneran. <laughs> <Do you laughs> they, they, they've got Matt Ryan. I mean, and some great running backs as well that have come through there. 
but it, I was struggling. And with now, this now Marcus Mariota too. Marcus Mariota, right? So it, it's kind of a tip of the hat to John Robinson. It's like, you know what? I like what you're doing up there. Let me see if I can get some of these guys that are from a good culture, right? And, and right. maybe implement that in Atlanta, where they've had culture problems for the last handful well, of years. And you've seen you've seen the Titans do that in the past with former Patriots. Exactly. They brought down Patriots guys and like, hey, I I like the culture that you have a culture of winning up there. I want to bring it down here. You see it a lot in the end, and you almost create like somewhat of a pipeline from franchise to franchise. And look, I'm okay if they're getting like. If, if the pipeline is like you're getting our sewage, like that's okay. As long as you don't start, you know, stealing guys like, you know, you know, Derrick Henry's contract comes up, you know, like it's like guys <laughs> like that. Like once, if you start getting our, our, you know, our, our good stuff, then no, I don't, I don't want that. But if you're taking our, our turds down the pipeline, go right ahead. Like that's okay. But I do, but it is imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what the Falcons are doing. Um, the it, to me it feels like a friend like kind of getting people set up on Amway products, you know, like a not not a pyramid scheme, just a uh, mid level marketing program. Like Arthur Smith told a friend, and then they told two friends, and then they told two friends about the Falcons. Well, it just so happens that everyone that Arthur Smith knew is in the Titans organization. Like before you know it, everyone connected to the Titans will be in Atlanta. And Arthur Smith will be richer for it. Yeah. I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised, Jack, if you and I uh, get uh, moved down to Atlanta again with our <laughs> Rise Up podcast. It's it's. I like your I like your analogy. It's kind of like a dating app, right? Like you know that this person came from it wasn't a terrible relationship. They've got good traits. Everyone yeah. talks you you know that in their old relationship you talk to the ex. They're like, yeah, he's a good guy. Just didn't really work out. That's kind of like these guys who are going to going to Atlanta. I mean, Rashawn Evans. People were really high on him. There's some Titans fans who still liked Rashawn Evans and, you know, maybe would have liked to see him back here. Although the money and the, just where the Titans are at the linebacker position, is just not a, a realistic, you know, wish, but again, Mariota, he was good for the Titans. He won a playoff game for the Titans. I know he kind of yeah. flamed out at the end, but injuries and, and problems around him on offense um, were, were part of the reason for that as well. Uh, again, confidence was a big issue there with Mariota, but Bo Brinkley, he, he spent many years here doing well. He was, he was a so staple much. to the special teams. I, I, yeah, I mean, he was, I, he was I, I lie awake at night sometimes recreating that Wolverine meme uh, of just petting <laughs> a photo of Bo Brinkley in a Titans jersey. He did great stuff here. He was part of that, you know, suck up Brinkley Kern combo for so long. That was uh, the, the tripod. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, a bunch of the guys who've gone down there now, Ferkser, who was great as a tight end too when he was needed, you know. But but when you when you put Ferkser on the field, you know it's going to be a pass. So yeah. it's kind of a dead giveaway, and the Titans aren't really in the business of tipping their hand anymore because they've got Derrick Henry in the backfield. So when he's on, when you have Ferkser on the field with Henry, you're like, uh, well, this looks like a pass because they don't have a guy that can really block out on the edge in Ferkser. So it, it, I hope it works out in Atlanta, and it's certainly funny to me that the Titans are now the Patriots in this. Patriots Titans pipeline that has gone even further south. Right now, now right. Nashville to Atlanta. So I mean, I hope it works out. I'm I cheer for Arthur Smith. I don't know how the rest of people feel, but I I really liked him as an OC here. I thought he was a good dude. Dean P. Same thing. Yeah, I, I I root for those guys, and while they're not a direct threat to the Titans, I feel like that's okay to do. Yeah, it's nice to kind of be in the Patriots position of like everyone picking off of your tree without having to win six championships to do so. 
<laughs> yeah damn that's the next step six champions <laughs> yeah right uh, right that comes later again just say hey if people are picking off our tree now think about how many they'll be picking off after six super bowls huh yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's like for, for those people who live in franklin you don't go to kroger to get your pumpkins during halloween <laughs> you go grab them at gentry's farm out there by the way no uh, relation i was no gonna relation. say is that a is that a shameless plug is that no. is that you, you plug in your family's no relation farm? but but they've been doing it so well for so long <laughs> You got to go with the tried and true method. The Titans uh, are the Titans are kind of Kroger right now. The Patriots right. are still Gentry's farm. So you know, hopefully, the Titans get this. You know, it's not just five years of success. It turns into a decade, two decades of it, where you know you don't doubt bringing in players from the Titans because, like you like you mentioned with the Patriots, they know how to win. They're from yeah. a good culture, and you know, under a good head coach, they can instill some of the same principles that they learned at their former workplace in their new one in Atlanta, where. You know what? They're trying to build a culture there. Which, before we get to Rhett Bryant, uh, there's a lot of people shouting at their podcast machines right now, being like, oh, six Super Bowl champions with one quarterback. <laughs> Patriots had Tom Brady. The Titans have Ryan Tannehill. All right, listen. Let me just say this, okay? And look, we all know this has been Ryan Tannehill haters with a Z, season, S-Z-N, uh, on on all of the internets everyone is out there uh people will not rest out there on the mean streets of twitter and instagram and facebook until they have ryan Tannehill's head on a stake which i don't understand necessarily because then it's like okay who's going to quarterback your team then uh but to them anyone is better than ryan Tannehill. now jack and i said this to you earlier in the week um there was a there was a really really interesting tweet that I I saw. Look, it's not the end all be all, but I do think it is very telling and kind of gives a lot of perspective into last season that I think a lot of people are lacking. And it comes via West on Broadway at Titans Draft Tape. Great, uh, great follow. He's a he's a, a dude who is constantly pushing out great Twitter con or Titans content. Um, obviously, I mean if you have the. Twitter handle Titans draft tape. I should assume that you you do. And he does. Uh, but he tweeted out the other day, 10.9%. All right. I'm going to read this slowly because whenever people read numbers on podcasts or audio mediums, I feel like it's harder to, to get it. Uh, it's tough to get it adjusted to. Yeah. Right. 10.9% of Ryan Tannehill's dropbacks in the 2021 season. So one out of every 10 of his dropbacks came with Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, and Julio Jones on the field. One out of together. Yes. One out of every 10 snaps had those three guys healthy and on the field. On those plays, he averaged 9.4 yards per attempt. Let me say that again. He averaged a first down per attempt, practically. That Almost makes sense. First, you, first down. You have your three best weapons on the field. You're going to find some success. Exactly. I And I think, and look, and this is not a shot at Tano, but I, you you could put a lot of quarterbacks out there and they would have more success with those three on the field. But 9.4 yards per attempt when those when they're on the field. And it that, that sh it shocks me because just 10.9% of the time you know 10.9% of Ryan Tannehill's dropbacks I should say yeah. had those three on the field at the same time. That's that's Which astronomically that, low. That just tells you what last season was like. 
for the second half of the season, you didn't have Derrick Henry at all. For chunks of the season throughout, you didn't have Julio Jones. A.J. Brown missed some time last year. Mm-hmm. There were times in this in this season. But, right, but when they were out there, the team that John Robinson built, the team that John Robinson had visions of having for the entire season, you're looking at 9.4 yards per attempt on offense. Every attempt is a first down practically. Now, on 24.6% of his dropbacks came with all three of those guys off the field. Think about that. A quarter of the snaps, one in every four snaps. Dropbacks. Or dropbacks. Yeah. 24.6 of his dropbacks, when he's dropping back to pass, came with all three of those guys off the field. All three. Not like, not just one here, one there. No, all three off the field. So that means who you're playing with. Uh, Chester Rogers, Nick Westbrook-Akine, who's the next coming of Jerry Rice. Yeah, uh, and, right. <laughs> and Deontay and, Foreman, and, Dontrell Hilliard, one of those two probably. Yeah, Des Fitzpatrick. Like, who, like, who are you throwing to? Like, legitimately, I think most Titans would legitimately ask, who is he throwing to? So 24.6% of his passes, almost 25% of his, or of his dropbacks, all three off the field, and he averaged 5.2 yards per attempt per play. And this came that came per Warren Sharp, but Wes pointed it out on Twitter. So that right there should tell you what this man was dealing with last season. I mean, I, it should like, and and I feel like it cannot be stressed enough about like just how injured the Titans were, the most injured team in NFL history, and like people are just like, yeah, but Tannehill sucked, like. Like what, what? Like what do you expect? Like I, I don't know. Like when when yeah. you you don't have your weapons out there, and this stat right here shows how when you how important having that talent on the field is for the success of not just Tannehill but the entire offense. Yeah, you know you're right, and, and a quarter of his dropbacks with all three of those guys on the sideline. I mean, yes. that is that is stunning compared to just about 11% with all three on the field at the same time. And I don't want to compare him to Matt Stafford, but in any sport, it's like it, basketball too. You, you, can, you can talk about college basketball, NBA. When you don't have a strong supporting cast around you, you feel like you have to make every single play. And yeah. you're going to take some risks. You're going to do some things you're not necessarily doing. You're right. not taking the safe. You're not taking the safe check down. You're, you're looking downfield to make a big play happen because you know – you, you don't that have pressure. enough guys to, to kind of put up that that 60 minute performance on offense that yeah. you need to win in this league. So you're feeling a lot of pressure. You're feeling like you have to do everything. And when you feel that way, you you force yourself into making some mistakes like Tannehill did this year, like Stafford's done in years past in Detroit. Like uh, we could talk about college basketball, Scotty Pippen on Vandy. There was nobody around him. He would turn the ball right. over a bunch because he had to do everything. He, the ball was in his hands every single play. Without Derrick Henry, without A.J. Brown, without Julio Jones last year, Ryan Tannehill had to make just about every single play. Uh, it, I know Deontay Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard came in and did their thing. But with the, with the supporting cast he had, the weapons he had out wide, Tannehill was the most talented player on that offense for a lot of the time. And, it, you know, it, it, when you put him in a position to, uh, to have to make plays, he's not that guy. He's not a superstar like Lamar Jackson, like Josh Allen. He doesn't have the arm strength. He doesn't have necessarily – he's got mobility, but he's not Lamar Jackson. So when you're forcing him to do all these different things – and by the way, the offensive line sucked for the first half of the season. Yeah. You're putting him in a vulnerable position where, you know what, he's got to do a little more than he's usually – or than he's typically asked to do. 
So we're going to probably be looking at a few extra mistakes this season. That's that ended up being what happened, but that, that, that statistic, 25% of his dropbacks and, came without all three of those guys on the field. And that's and that's not, that's not a trait exclusive to Ryan Tannehill. You see that a lot with a lot of quarterbacks, mm-hmm. not just not, and not just like mediocre to mid-level quarterbacks. You see that sometimes even with greats. You see that with Aaron Rodgers sometimes where he feels the pressure that he needs to do a lot more. You saw that last year. Lamar Jackson. Patrick, well, Lamar Jackson's another great example. I was going to say you saw it last year with Patrick Mahomes in the first part of the season until Patrick Mahomes kind of got comfortable and his guys got healthy. You you saw a lot of the trying to do too much and you and their record suffered for it. And, and people people forget where Josh Allen and that Bills team kind of started. Right, they they had to go out and get Stephon Diggs. They had to find right. Austin Knox in the draft. They had to go out and sign Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley. So yeah. Josh Allen came into the league with no weapons, and what was his big knock his first two years in the league? Trying to do too much turnovers because he you had to could make say, every play. You could say they lost that um, that one playoff game. I think it was to the Texans. To the Texans because he fumbled in Houston. Yes, and he like remember that one downfield pitch he had, like mm-hmm. just trying to do too much and when guys feel pressured or, 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 you know, or they see the injuries around them, they They feel like I have to, you know, it's, it's like a, you know, like a a point guard dribbling the ball down court. All right. ISO, ISO, Mm -hmm. ISO when like literally five guys are following you. So Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I just wanted to share that about Ryan Tannehill because I think it's important, you know, just to, to continue to add perspective to everyone out there that, you know, may not, consider that and the counterpoints um, obviously going to be well he had all three against the Bengals. yeah he did and, and he did and you know what it's hard to make a bunch of excuses for him in that Bengals game those mistakes he made were self-inflicted uh derrick henry i get it was probably a shell of himself in that game probably should have rode deontay foreman a little more but that, that that's a fair point you know he, he had all three in the playoff game couldn't make it work but uh, i'd like to see a full season where you know he's got those his top three guys this year, instead of Julio Jones, it's going to be Robert Woods on the field together for more than 11% of his draft back. All right. Now, with all that said, let's get to our guy, Rhett Brian. We're joined now by an executive producer and game day host for the Titans radio network. Uh, and as I said, off of the top of the podcast, probably one of the nicest guys I have ever met in radio. And that's, um, that's saying a lot because look, the radio industry, it can be, it can be nasty at times, but this man is like one of the dudes that like every day you'd walk into work and just always had a smile on his face. Always so cheerful. Always so friendly. Oh, yeah. And he does one hell of a job with everything he does with Titans Radio Network. It's why I would put Titans Radio Network up against all 31 other NFL teams with how good of stuff that they do. He is Rhett Bryan. Rhett, how are you, dude? Man, I'm doing great. I owe you a bunch of money. Check is in the mail for that fine intro. Uh, okay, good. I, I don't good. know what to say to that and follow it up, but I will send the money 
to you. Uh, let's see, you're in Chicago now. So I'll make yeah, sure I'll invoice you. Way. Don't worry. I'll, I'll invoice you. You'll have it, the <laughs> mailing address, and it'll be good. <laughs> Perfect. Brett, you're, you're on the road right now. You, you and uh, the OTP, the official Titans podcast, had a stop in Cookville. Uh, let me know what's going on in, in, in your guys' journey back home. Well, I mean, we're currently, we just had a little uh, Jimmy John's box lunch and uh, just uh, on I-40 heading back towards Nashville. I had a great stop at the uh, Tennessee Tech campus where uh, it was a celebration of the campus radio station WTTU's 50th anniversary. And there were students there. It was uh, faculty there. It was really neat. They're a really cool thing and did an OTP podcast that'll be out later with uh, Mike Keith, Amy Wells, Coach Mack, and myself, and the architect and godfather of Titans Radio, Larry Stone, was on it, hand to share ooh. old stories from draft wow. days and Titans Radio and the like. But uh, oh yeah, gosh. it was a lot of fun. Did be honest, Rhett? Did anyone walk up to you guys uh, and confuse you for being the Titan Up podcast and and be like, <laughs> "Wait a minute, you're not Jack and Austin." That did not happen, but it has <laughs> happened before. How about that? Okay, we'll okay all right. We'll take, we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll tell, tell Mr. Uh, or I guess I should say tell Uncle Mike Keith, because once you join this podcast, you officially become an uncle on our family tree. Gotcha. And so, and Mike Keith has joined us before. So tell Uncle Mike that we said hello. I will tell Uncle Mike you said hello. He is currently riding right beside me here in the back of the bus. And uh, we are just... Uh, Relaxing after a, a nice day in the community. Awesome. Oh man, what'd you get on your uh, su- sandwich? I just had the uh, turkey and Swiss, and uh, devoured the delicious cookie and chips that came with it. And so here I am. That's oh, my man. move too. I'm, I'm the turkey and Swiss guy. Put a little avocado on there, and you're ready to roll. Um, there you go. Now, if, if I'm going in Jimmy John's or having it picked up or delivered, um, in, a, in a usual fashion, I take uh, number nine Italian nightclub. Hold the mayo at Jimmy Mustard, barbecue chips, and a lemonade. Rock and roll. Look at you, a seasoned vet at Jimmy. Yeah, I'll say that's a man who knows what he's talking about. (laughs) Hey, Rhett, I know times are are busy right now for you guys. You you kind of spearhead the draft stuff over there at Titans Radio with uh, Coach Mac. What what are you most looking forward to about this year's draft and what the Titans have ahead of them? Well, I think uh, this one will be, you know, quite different than, than what we saw last year. I mean, it, it's not as quarterback-centric as, you know, last year when there were five taken in the first round. Uh, there will still be some taken in the first round in this one because we know people uh, go after quarterbacks in a different fashion than they do the, the rest of them. This is a big man draft uh, when you're not talking skill positions. A uh, lot of offensive tackles, a lot of interior linemen, uh, a lot of stuff you can get there. And, of course, like every year, it seems like now, with the way high school and college football has changed, it's a, a factory for wide receivers and, and running backs and the like. It's a great wide receiver class. And the tight ends, you know, are, are not as prominent as they've been, but they're more traditional wide tight ends that are, you know, inline blockers and not just big, fast receivers like we've seen in the last three or four drafts. But – a lot of good uh, good guys in this one, and it'll be interesting to see just how the first round shakes out because you got eight teams with you know multiple picks. So you know who takes the pass rusher, who takes the tackle, who takes the quarterback. We'll see. You mentioned the quarterbacks, and I think that's you know with every draft nowadays in, in this past heavy league, the quarterbacks are you know the most interesting position in each draft. 
this year, you know, a, a lot of the buzz has been, you know, this quarterback class isn't quite up to up to par with the ones that have come through in the years past. What do you think? There's about five guys. What do you think uh, just with this quarterback class in general? You've got Malik Willis, Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, and Matt Corral is pretty much your top five guys, um, kind of, you know, unanimously. What, what, what are your what are your thoughts on each each of those guys? Do you have a favorite? Do you have a guy you'd like to stay away from? What do you think? Well, here's the thing, Jack. You've got uh, you named most of the big guns. Uh, Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis are two of the three to four I think that might be taken in the first round. Uh, Malik Willis, obviously, we know he started at Auburn. He transferred to Liberty. That's a little different program there. I think he is going to take some more development. So it'll be interesting to see if anybody takes him as a start now proposition or a bring him along while they have a bridge quarterback deal because while he has an enormous arm and, and talents with you know strength of passing, he doesn't have the touch that you're looking for. So mm-hmm. getting some accuracy and you know getting you know NFL weight room and coaching and those kinds of things. Um, Kenny Pickett you know was a, a big deal in one year really at Pittsburgh. Matt Corral, I think, is an uh, you know a, an attractive talent because of the mobile quarterback part of this. And, you know, if you're running an RPO-style offense, he's kind of who you're looking for. But Desmond Ritter is the guy that, you know, may be the dark horse in all this because of how much he has played for Luke Fickle. I mean, he started 49 games for the Bearcats. And, you know, you're going to see – this is an unusual draft. You're going to see more Cincinnati players drafted in three days of the draft coming up here in a couple of weeks than you have in, in many, many years. And then you have day two and day three guys that are interesting, such as, you know, Bailey Zappi at Western Kentucky. Oh yeah. Carson Strong from Nevada. There's some the names there, but there's just, there's not a Trevor Lawrence in this draft. And I guess that's where my next question would be. Do you, in your mind, you know, the Titans already, they're without a second round draft pick. Um, thanks to, you know, the Julio Jones trade. Is there a quarterback that you would maybe trade up for? I know you still have Tannehill for at least one more season to kind of make a decision after the year. But is there a quarterback in this class that's worth trading up for? Not in my opinion. And here's the other part that, that it takes with that is it takes capital. I mean, you just mentioned there is no second-round pick. There is no seventh-round pick. You know, John Robinson has multiple picks in rounds uh, four and six, but it takes capital to move up north. And so, you know, that's why I think – uh, that that possibility is slim. Could I see him if the phone is ringing with business and you know moving out of pick 26 to pick up an extra two and maybe a four? Uh, absolutely, because you know in the places where they need some things, um, there the draft is rich in those things. You know you don't have to take a a tight end in, in night one, and you don't necessarily have to take an offensive lineman there. Uh, and and I, you know the quarterback class by all indication and. Know, what folks are saying is supposed to be a little more, you know, depth to it and more talent in 2023. Rhett, do you see a, a potential change in philosophy by the Titans this year? Because, and I only say this because coming off of the year that we're coming where the St. Louis, the St. Louis Rams. Oh my gosh. Hold on. Oh my, sorry. The Los Angeles Rams. Jeez. What year is it? Uh, the Los Angeles Rams win the Super Bowl after multiple years of trading away all of their draft picks and really basically saying like we're in win mode, win now mode, we're going to go all in for, for proven veteran guys, as opposed to taking our chances in the draft paired with the fact that, you know, the Titans have had kind of some iffy drafts in the past with 
guys not necessarily, especially top round guys, not necessarily panning out the way the Titans had hoped or expected them to. Do you see any of that factoring into the way they play it on draft night? Uh, you know, what, in just a couple of weeks? So are you talking Titans specifically or just around the league? No, sorry. Yes, just Titans specifically. Do you see John Robinson maybe, maybe figuring, you know, maybe draft capital isn't all that important, things like that? That would be a major change in philosophy for him, uh, in my opinion. And, you know, certainly he can do whatever he wants as general manager, but I think he values that stuff too much. And okay. let's face it, um, the less need way, had that not worked out, he would be, he would probably be in quite a bit of trouble as the general sure. manager of the Rams right now. But it worked out. And, you know, the first thing is that you have to have the capital to be able to pull that off. And you also have to have your eye on the guys that work and a trade partner to let them get out of their deal and, and come to your new team and, you know, swap those picks uh, for, for said player. But no, I, I think uh, certainly he values draft capital and always has. Um, and, you know, as far as, you know, hits and misses, I mean, every general manager's got hits, every general right. manager's got misses. Right. It's just batting average. You, you mm-hmm. know, the teams that hit on all of them really well, those are the ones are doing quite well. And, you know, that's kind of where we are right now with John Robinson's 2019 draft. I mean, yeah. outside of DeAndre Walker, who was injured, all those others have hit. I mean, you're talking Big Jeff, Amani Hooker, A.J. Brown, you know, David Long Jr. I mean, they're littered with it. They David right. the right guards. Right. I mean, you know, what I think is John Robinson needs a quality draft similar to that uh, to kind of help bolster this thing because you need some guys to help right now if you can get them yeah no i i honestly i think he could even get away with even half of that if he like has if he hits on half this year's draft i think that will be a successful draft because you're right and there's that's one thing that titans fans i feel like lose sight of is that literally every general and i and i think every team suffers from this but like every gm has their hits and has their misses and there's multiple years where a gm can kind of like where every pick in the draft is duds. And I don't think we've had that yet with John Robinson completely. Um, but yeah, uh, Rhett, I want to, I want to talk uh, to you if you're cool. I want to kind of go behind, uh, go into the weeds a little bit, go behind the curtain because I don't think from a radio perspective, I don't think people realize just how much work and effort and how much like literally tireless effort, goes into your draft coverage uh, that that you kind of spearhead on 104.5 The Zone. Like, it is some of the best draft coverage. Like, it sounds like draft coverage that, like, an ESPN, a worldwide leader who has just an immense amount of resources at their fingertips would put on. And no, it's done locally on 104.5 The Zone. And I, I think it's incredible work, the work that you guys do. And I don't think people realize, like, you guys have started that process like months ago. Like, can you kind of take us through how much work goes into that, th- those few nights on the draft? Sure. Well, I- First of all, you're really nice to say that, and uh, we take a lot of pride in it. We we enjoy it. I mean, that's the thing is we we're glad to put in any work that goes in towards that because I've always been fascinated by the draft and how it's you know it's the architecture of not just the Titans but all of the teams. And you know, having a, a former head coach and Dave McKinnis on the broadcast is an immense 
uh, it, it's ridiculous the, the resource that you have there mm-hmm. because um, he's been there and done that. And as he likes to say, his mortgage is riding, has been riding on it. It's not just, I put out my Mach 7.0 today and nothing's <laughs> going to happen because I've done my job. <laughs> right, right. You know, it, this job depends on this with all these other guys in the war room with the general manager and the other coaches. And he was very kind to, to teach me how that's done in process. Now he's been working on draft prospects since December. I took about a week off after the playoff loss and was still pretty angry when I came back, but, um, you know, coach Mack and I started parsing through, um, you know, candidates and, and draftees. And obviously, you know, there's a process, there's a senior bowl, the bowl game, and then comes the combine and, you know, just start picking through things. Now, you know, he watches all the film and he makes his thumbnails and his notebook. And then we start looking at how you build a you know, draft board vertically and horizontally. And, you know, then we're to that point now, two weeks out, where you we have every position. Uh, and it'll still change some in the next couple of weeks. But, you know, we have pods of tiered players. Tier one being guys that are more likely going to take and take it on night one. The bottom of that tier maybe is early night two. And then Tier two is the middle rounds and tier three and tier four and so on is late rounds and all the way to undrafted free agents. He and I have cross-referenced 213 prospects. Uh, we'll cover the first three rounds on Titans radio. And, um, you know, we put the work in, I put the work in with him because I love it. And he's been very kind to, to show me how it works. Um, and it's been able, you know, it afforded me, you know, to be able to speak from a place of confidence when we are talking about prospects and being able to look at situations where, you know, team needs after free agency kind of dictate maybe what a team's going to do and, or, you know, who's a good trade partner. And like I mentioned earlier, you got eight teams this year with, with two first round draft picks. So it's going to be a wild night on that Thursday night, the 20 game. Uh, and, and that's where it all starts. And, you know, the minute that a quarterback is taken is where things start to tilt a little bit. Mm-hmm. All, uh, all again, you, I don't think you'll, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think you'll see five, but I, I think you could see three, possibly four. And, uh, you know, again, edge pass rushers, wide receivers, corners, all these things will make it interesting when you get to 26 with the Titans. And, you know, again, if the phone is ringing for John Robinson and the, if the deal is sweet enough on the other end of the phone, I could see a, a place where he could move out of that. But if there's also somebody at the top of his draft board in the top tier, in the top pod that he just cannot live without, and he's still there for some unknown reason, he'll pull the trigger. You know, he did with Jeffrey Simmons in 2019, and you know, a guy that's been hurt pre-draft workouts, and because Jeffrey Simmons, uh, you know, is he'd be top five in any draft class since then. And he's probably the best interior defensive lineman that no one talks about because he's not named, you know, Aaron Donald. He's getting more notoriety that he's getting better all the time. But um, so that's part of it. And then obviously the production part, you know, I, I send off stuff to the voice guy and we build the uh, thumbnails and team need descriptions and all those kinds of things. And it all kind of comes, kind of comes together. We, you know, we kind of, everybody knows their role and, uh, it, it, it just works. And, you know, Larry Stone started that kind of coverage all those years ago when he was in my position. And I've tried to touch that 
bar and reach for it every time we we do one of these. I want to put out a, a good product that, you know, when folks are listening, they can familiarize themselves with the players. Maybe I have some kind of human interest story behind a, a, a player. There's some great stories every year in the draft. There is this time around. I mean, you you know, in the age of NIL, you've got guys that have their own beef jerky companies and who have <laughs> dropped records and made albums and, you know. Wait, do, human do, right. do, you know do you know which player has their own beef jerky company? And are they yes. targeted in the uh, first round for the Titans? Please say yes. Uh, they, they are not. There's a, he's an interior offensive lineman. He's a center from Nebraska, Cam Jurgens, and he has mm. the Jurgens Jerky Company. Jurgens Jerky, that's a great it, name. Yeah, and he was giving out samples to all of the head coaches and general managers that were uh, he was you know doing interviews with in the combine, and uh, was passing out samples. Uh, Marcus Jones is the smaller corner and great flashy return man from Houston, who you know is uh, a rapper and a music producer and dropped an album last fall. <laughs> um, you got that kind of stuff. And then you have like uh, Josh Paschal, who's a pass rusher from Kentucky, mm-hmm. who beat cancer. He had a very bad case of melanoma and had multiple surgeries. Had to learn how to walk again. And this guy's going to get oh drafted goodness. over those three days of the week. Of that Man. weekend. And you know, yep. there's that, that's the thing I want to bring to the table is these guys are people too. And they have, interesting short stories to tell especially through a two-year pandemic and extra years of eligibility and a transfer portal and name image likeness and all of them if if you have a name like jergens you got to go into either jerky or hand lotion one exactly. of the two yeah yeah and it could go either way off <laughs> glad that he went into beef jerky uh that down that path for sure but yeah that's absolutely <laughs> I think we're all glad, yeah. Uh, although he could be on the all-hands team. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm uh, <laughs> Red, I want to say I heard on Buck Rising show, uh, you, you kind of came out and identified yourself as a, a big Traylon Burks guy. I'm a big fan of his as well. I think he's very strong. Uh, it, it just, he just looked like an NFL receiver in college. Just kind of a step ahead of every DB that covered him. We saw it against Alabama. We saw it against A&M. What are your thoughts on Traylon Burks and how he might fit in with this Titans offense? Well, the thing about Traylon Burks, and you, you said it right, Jack, I don't care that he ran a 4 5 two, 40 at the Combine. He ran away from dudes in the mm-hmm. SEC. And, you know, big, physical, thickly built receiver. Who does he remind you of? A.J. Brown, right? And oh, yeah. this guy, you know, in an age where you were talking about Austin about two teams or do a, do the team emulate what someone else is doing because they've had success, you know, talking about less need mortgaging away the future so that you can do it now. I think the other part of that is, you know, you're going to look at wide receivers who can fit in a tailback role in some snaps like Debo Samuel was being used in San Francisco and Cordell Patterson in Atlanta. And that's something else you could do with Traylon Burks. Then the ESPN story comes out last week about, He's a tremendous outdoorsman. He would be perfect here in Tennessee because somebody, you know, with a network could have him, he could have his own outdoor show. This guy's a bow hunter, hunts deer. He's a fisherman. But the crazy thing is he goes and hunts wild boar. He does it with his hunting dogs that have been trained to uh, capture such. And he does it with no weapon other than a knife. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's That's ironic because he played in Arkansas. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. right. He's I'd a self-hating mascot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this dude, he, he goes, no, that's not fair to use a, to use a weapon, to use a gun. He said, that we use a knife. He should go yeah, work for the Germans company. Dude, if it's a, <laughs> if it's a if, if it's a smaller wild hog, uh, it, it's a catch and release deal. But if okay. it's big, they'll take it and parse the meat out. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. So impressive. So Man, these are, these are like Andy plays in the or he's about to play in the NFL. That is yeah. like he's so much more of a man than I am, and I'm probably like 15 years older than him. <laughs> and listen, that's all of us. I mean, you know, he sees some big safety coming over the top. He's like, I ain't scared of you. You're not a wild boar. Give me that ball. Yeah. I'm, I'm gone. See you later. I struggled catching catching lightning bugs in the summer. At I don't know if I could ever do do a wild boar, but um, right, right. And I get scared if I get a paper bird. cut and it bleeds a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so in in your mind would you say it's a it would be a pretty substantial upset if the titans drafted uh you know and i don't want to pigeonhole here but if the titans drafted uh outside of a wide receiver or offensive lineman would would that be a substantial upset in your mind it depends on who's there jack i mean yeah. you know everybody got their dander ruffled and you know feathers ruffled and everything in the last few days when guys like peter schrager with nfl network you know had a linebacker going at 26. But listen, you know, if Nakobe Dean is sitting there at 26 and it happens to be the top guy on, on John Robinson's board, hey, go for it. That guy, yeah. he can help you right now. It's a three-down linebacker. But, um, you know, the fact that it's, you know, well, they, they need an offensive lineman, so it's got to be that, or they need a wide receiver, so it's got to be that. Sometimes that isn't the way it works out. And again, mm-hmm. There's wideouts through all this draft. There's tight ends through the day two and day three of this draft. There's there's uh, centers and guards throughout this draft. It just depends on what your flavor is, um, right? You know, and and who's there? If the right person's there, who knows? I feel like NFL fans just kind of read, you know, basically a lot of mock drafts, which in a large part are just fairy tales. And then they get upset when their general manager doesn't kiss a frog on draft night. It's like, well, it's supposed to turn into a print. It's like, no, like I'm pretty sure the general manager knows what he's doing and knows better than what we and everyone who wrote all of our mock drafts know uh, is going on. But um, Brett, last question I got, I got for you. Um, You're not, uh, you're not leaving Titans radio network to go work for Falcons radio network. Are you? Because Apparently every Tennessee Titan under the sun is, is moving down to Atlanta and working for Arthur Smith. Well, uh, it's funny you say that. No, I'm not. Actually. Okay. All right. Good. Cause I, if we lose you, I mean, losing Anthony Ferkser. Okay, fine. I, I can get over that losing red Brian. I would be in absolute shambles. Well, here's the, here's the thing. And, and you see it in a lot of places, but you know, that, that was not a great roster that Arthur Smith, and Dean Pease inherited, and, and, and yet they won seven games with it. I think it was a great job they did. Um, so what do you do? You know, you get guys that you, you know, what do they say? What do they, they say? Uh, it's the devil, you know. You know, and so <laughs> the devil they know is Rashawn Evans and you know, all the guys that they've taken in free agency in the last few days and weeks. And, you know, Rashawn Evans makes sense because Dean likes him, and he certainly has played well under Dean, and they lost their best linebacker uh, in free agency to Jacksonville to a big deal. And 
so there's some things they needed to help, uh, you know, get worked on there. And you know, at the minute that, you know, quarterback goes to, to Indianapolis, you know, uh, here comes Marcus Mariota with another chance. And we'll see how all that works out. But, yeah, it's, you know, you, I, I, there's a lot of times you'll see. And remember, you know, when, when John Robinson and, and Mike Grable have been together in the, the early part of their Ten years here, they were getting lots of New England Patriot guys because they were familiar with them, and they right. used in Texas, same thing. So you know, if you know the guy, you know what he can do. Um, I, I understand that process to a degree. When um, are you guys? Uh, when are you guys making your stop in Chicago? It's a great question. I have not. Uh, I have not heard about a potential Chicago stop for the OTP tour. No, of course, uh, but I will okay. check with the powers that be. All right. Yeah. Just ask, so just ask. Country anyway. Well, yeah, well, I don't look, I'm, I'm look, you don't know how hard I'm working my ass off up here to get, become, make it make Titans, Titans North. Yeah. I mean, they are what they got. Uh, uh, they've, they signed Kerry blousing game. You know, they, they yep. signed Dane Crookshank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Darrington uh, yeah. Darrington Evans, they signed. So I'm like, Slowly, Titans are following north to, to Chicago. I'm just trying to get, you know, my, you know, my people within the building to get up here for uh, one of those tour stops because I, I see them on Instagram all the time and I get super jealous. I understand. I get it. <laughs> Dude, that's, what, Brett, that's what happens when you move out of town to do big time country morning radio in Chicago. I know. That's what I, know. I know. It's a gift and a curse. It is. Uh, <laughs> is, is Aunt Amy on the bus with you right now? Absolutely is yes. You, well, you make sure you send Aunt Amy our, our very best uh, because she is. I also will make a, sure that that we tell Aunt Amy hi. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> great. Hey, give Rhett a follow. If you're if you're a Titans fan, you got to be following him at Rhett B Tennessee. It's pretty easy to remember at Rhett B Tennessee. Executive producer, game day host for Titans Radio Network, and literally just one of the nicest dudes in the world. Brett, thank you so much for the time, man. We appreciate it, and we know it's never easy to to do a, a podcast hit while in a bus, uh, you know, being sweated on by Mike Keith to right by your side. But we we, we appreciate you for uh, for giving it an effort. I'm glad to do that, and you'd be surprised at the places and things that I've been involved with while doing radio is I can, you know, just riding down I-40 doing whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, it, it happens sometimes, but no, I'm glad to do it guys. And thanks for having me. on. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Look, take being on a road trip is not easy, and Rhett Bryan just handled that one like a champ. He's literally in the middle of a road trip, surrounded by all of the the Titans greats that you guys know: Mike Keith, Amy, Amy uh, Wells, the um, uh, literally the entire OTP can caravan. Larry and, Stone, Coach Mack, all those guys. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, oh yeah, he said Coach Mack was on the bus too. Like it's like literally everyone, and you know how road trips can get. They're they're not easy, and yet he, there he is sitting in answering our questions like a freaking champ. Rhett Bryan is the man. Love that dude. Make sure you follow him at R B or sorry Rhett B Tennessee. Um, and Jack, uh, you want to just go ahead and get into remember the Titans? Yeah, let's do it. How about those draft nuggets? By the way, it, 
if you're not doing anything on draft night and you're not watching the A to C A to Z draft, I mean, that's just a taste of what Rep Brian and Titans radio will give you. So, oh, yeah. um, yeah, but Hey, with all that being said, let's remember the Titan. <laughs> let's remember the Titan. All right. I'll go first. I'm not even going to ask you if you want to go first, you want me to go first. I'm going first this week, mainly because there's not much with mine this week. Um, I'm going with a guy whose name I'm not even fully sure how to pronounce. Barrett James. Neither neither one of those are the hard names to pronounce. Rudd, or it might be Rude. It's R-U-U-D. So it's either Rude or Rudd. And I know I'm being rude mm-hmm. for not knowing if it's Rudd or not. But he is former linebacker in the NFL, was drafted by the Tampa Bay Bucks in the second round of the 2005 NFL draft. But he played for your Tennessee Titans when? In 2011, the first year of the Code Blue. Huh? You see how we're going Ooh. full circle here for everyone who listens to our cold open? Uh, it is in 2011. He, uh, his time spent with the Titans, he was on July 30th, was signed by the Titans. And then on December 13th was placed on injured reserve ending his season. And that April he signed with the Seahawks. So very short time with the Titans uh, in his career. He had 658 tackles, which is pretty good. Six sacks and seven interceptions. So not bad for a second round pick, um, but only just one of those seasons was spent in Tennessee where he had 57 combined tackles he had no sacks and he had one of his career interceptions in Nashville. Um, he uh, also played for the Texans in 2012, which I guess that was a little bit early. There was, I, um, and, and Rhett referenced it, but like how, like, you know, the when we talked about it earlier in this episode, the pipelines, there's also, and one that we did not talk about much, there's also a Houston to Tennessee pipeline. Yeah. And I don't just mean with the franchise. <laughs> I mean, the whole franchise came up to Nashville. But but like since then, there's like been a trickle effect of like, and really since like Vrabel came over, since he beca- was he was the DC in Houston, became the head coach in Nashville, guys have been following, coaches have been following. It's been weird the amount of, that we just continue. It's like poor Houston. I'm not, I'm not going to say poor Houston to a city who literally cheated uh, my daughters out of a world series, but like, it's like poor Houston for like, they can't we can't keep the guys they need to keep. We continue to steal from this city. Even after we stole like they're one of their biggest products, their NFL franchise. First it was Bud Adams and it was Andre Johnson. <laughs> then it was Mike Vrabel, Shane Bowen, Jonathan right. Joseph, probably a bad steal. Probably should have just oh left Jonathan gosh. Joseph be Zach Cunningham. Most recently. Right. So, I feel Dante bad. Foreman was drafted I, by the Texans. I feel bad when the NFL talking heads referred to Andre Johnson as Tennessee Titans. Great. Andre Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah. Uh, brand Brandon or excuse me, Barrett rude uh, and or Barrett Rudd is my remember the Titan for this year uh, or for this week. Jack, what do you, uh, who's your remember the Titan? I've got a fan submission from Jordan Estrada. Big Tupper Jordan Estrada, by the way. Big Tupper Jordan Estrada. Shout out to Jordan Estrada. Always tweeting uh, at at us. We appreciate him and his uh, and his following of this pod. What, so he, he submitted. He submitted someone for this week. Yes, he did. Okay. The player he submitted is named Andrew Terzilli. 
Now, off the top of my head, I'm, I don't remember Andrew Terzilli, and I'm going to get I, into why you probably don't either. Which um, right, that right there, a great submission for Remember the Titan, one that these no are the guys, one remembers. This is our 110th episode. We have remembered over 200 Titans. Right. I'm. It's we, to the point where I'm starting to think we've remembered more Titans than have actually been Titans. And we've repeated probably a, a handful of them as well, just because we forgot how long ago we started remembering these guys. But Andrew Terzilli is this week's fan submission, Remember the it, Titan. It, it feels like we were remembering the Titans before Disney came out with that movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, like with, that's how long it feels like we've been doing this. So Andrew Terzilli, he's only 30 years old, and he played for the Titans in 2015. He, uh, he played college football at Kansas, y- your favorite school, before transferring to Rutgers, where he finished out and graduated his college career. Um, you, you know, in his, in his one season at Rutgers as a redshirt freshman, 11 games, four starts, caught 10 balls for 347 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, that's pretty efficient for 10 catches, isn't it? 34.7 yeah. yards per catch and four uh, touchdowns. Yeah. Let me, let me do the math. Yes. Yes. That is pretty, pretty damn good. That's pretty good. And so, you know, he wasn't drafted. He was a UDFA. The Titans wound up with him after, um, he went unselected in the 2015 draft. He then was waived in September with an injury, went to San Francisco, hung out on their practice squad for a little while. He then came back to the Titans, made the active roster in 2015, and actually appeared in three games for the Titans. He caught two balls for 25 yards. I looked it up. His two catches were in the 30-8 to loss to the New York Jets in 2015 from Marcus Mariota, who was dueling with eventual Titan slash former Titan, Ryan Fitzpatrick in that game. Mariota and the Titans obviously Ooh. fell short 30 to eight, like I just mentioned. But he did catch two balls for 25 yards in the, in that game. After that season, he, he moved on to the Detroit Lions, where he spent some time on the practice squad, got a futures contract with them in the offseason of 2017 before being waived later that year in May. Then found his way on the Giants. Um, again, waived, injured. He had a hamstring injury placed on IR. And that's really where his NFL career came to an end. He's uh, he spent a couple years in Canada playing with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, by the way. Hamilton Tiger Cats, uh, here's, a, here's a throwback name. Here's a remember the, the, the Oregon Ducks slash Ole Miss Rebel, Jeremiah Masoli. Oh. The Hamilton Tiger Cats quarterback. So wow. There's a name you probably forgot about. But, yeah, this I, we, we love our fan submissions. I don't know if Jordan Estrada knows Andrew Terzilli. I, it's okay. Now it's where I wanted to go with this next because I feel like the fan submission can go one of two ways. It's just a fan like being like, man, remember that random dude? Or it could be the fan submission where it's like. It's like, I work with that guy now. Yeah, like I was in college <laughs> with this guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or like, yeah, like he, oh, he works. He, I, yeah, I sell State Farm insurance with him now. Like, you know, like what, how do they know? that their submission and i to me i'm guessing that jordan 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 estrada right jordan Jordan somehow he knows this guy you have he's got to know like because andrew trezilli is not one where you're like you're you're walking up to the bar and you're meeting some some buddies for some for some drinks after work and you're like man remember the old days of the titans hey remember andrew trezilli nobody's bringing him up like people will be like remember kenny Britt, you know remember uh, 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 ben Troop, even Taywan like, Taylor, you'd remember him not for good things but for bad, 
Right, exactly. Like people are remembering names like that. Kendall Wright, you know, remember Wright, Bishop Sankey? Yeah. yeah. People are remembering names like that. Nobody's remembering Andrew Trusilli, which tells me that he know he's got to have an end to Andrew Trusilli. I think Trusilli's he knows him out. too. I think he knows him too. <laughs> Trusilli, 6'4", uh, his 40-yard dash, 444. So pretty good for a 6'4", dude. Um, wasn't effective really in college besides that one season where every catch, every pass he caught went for a touchdown seemingly, but Andrew Terzilli, we haven't forgotten about you. We will never forget about you. Your three games as a Titan will go down in history. Two catches for 25 yards from the hand. Marcus, he caught two balls from Mariota. So, I mean, that, that's a lot better than Mettenberger passes, Whitehurst passes, which we've remembered some guys who caught some balls from those dudes. But Andrew Terzilli, two catches for 25 yards. We'll never forget it. I don't like the fact that he was a Jayhawk, though. That's for sure. Well, he he went to Kansas and then was like, you know what? This place sucks. I'm going to go yeah. to Rutgers now. I know. I, I kind of wish he never would have. Look, I'll allow everyone to make a mistake. And he clearly at least corrected his. He rectified um, it. Yeah. He was like, he was like, man, Kansas sucks. I'm going to go to a football. I'm going to go to a football powerhouse like Rutgers. <laughs> Like, imagine how bad Kansas football has to suck for someone to be like, I want to go to Rutgers now. <laughs> this, yeah, this this makes Rutgers look awesome. Yeah, like, I want a chance for the NFL, so I'm going to go to Rutgers. <laughs> Where I can really shine, yeah. Well, he, and he, that's the thing. You catch 10 balls in your and, and Rutgers season. Do you think you, Rutgers was like, yeah, we got this Juco transfer, uh, Andrew Trezilli. He's coming from a junior college called uh, the University of Kansas. <laughs> He's apparently a smart guy. He was an academic all Big 12 dude, uh, second team academic all Big 12. So maybe he's not like the smartest of the smartest in the Big 12, but he's second team smart guy. Which yeah, is still pretty good. I mean, that's that's you're going to be on a list higher than a lot of people there. So Andrew Terzilli, you're going to be remembered forever. Maybe not forever, but at least for you know as long as people are listening to this week's episode. Did you know that I I met the Big 12 standard in squat? My uh, my you told, you told my, me that before my yeah. sophomore year. Mm-hmm. No, you actually like my, you did tell me that my one accomplishment at the University of Missouri and a spring yeah. game touchdown that got called back. Not a touchdown, but I was the oh. I was going to be the I was going to be the leading rusher of the spring game. Okay. Uh, had it not been for one of my runs getting well, what called. What does it back take off. to be the leading rusher of the Missouri spring game? How many? Yards a lot of hard doing? work, determination, effort, like, uh, heart. I would say three yards. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, there were there were like six running backs. There's a lot so of running like, backs. Yeah, you got to split six. Well, really, not even six ways. You have to split the f- top four running backs amongst the first three quarters, and then the, the last two. Actually, the last half of the fourth quarter is really uh, it's really left for the uh, scout team guys. You could they could have made a Rudy too after you. They could have if, if you had I, just it, done it in a real game. Well, it's funny is I, I was talking to someone about it the other day. I was like, yeah, like I, I was on the scout team. I got my ass kicked every single day. I was basically the Rudy Rudiger of Mizzou without recording any statistics and or having a stadium <laughs> chant my name. <laughs> it's close, but no cigar. Other than that, I was pretty much Rudy Rudiger. I got all the <laughs> shitty stuff that Rudy Rudiger went through. That was me at Mizzou. You can relate to his, his experience in practice and everything. Right. And uh, look, and not to, you know, toot my own horn here, but I didn't have to like go to like, you know, like the Catholic school next door to try and get into Mizzou. Yeah, like, no, I, just, easy, easy I got admitted right? straight into Mizzou. It's not easy. I wouldn't say that. It's the Harvard of the SEC. Well, that's what they say Ole Miss is. So that's interesting. 
Oh, well, <laughs> well, it looks like we got a, a old fashioned Ivy League standoff. <laughs> yeah, maybe one's the Harvard, one's the Princeton, and every year they play, they'll they'll call it the game. All right, we need to get out of here. Uh, Jack and I realized that we vamp way too much on this podcast, and we're going to try and tone it back. So we're giving you a shorter episode this week, much much more digestible. But we feel like Rhett covered everything, mm-hmm. like incredible stuff. We're going to continue to give you great draft coverage throughout. A to Z sports is going to be giving you incredible draft coverage uh, this, this year. So make sure you're following A to Z sports on all the socials, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, follow on the YouTube yep. account, uh, Twitch, Twitch, I believe Twitch, Twitch. Twitch is a thing. Twitch is oh, a my, thing. Uh, getting on Twitch. Like guys get on A to Z sports. Like if you're on a social media platform, just go ahead and search A to Z sports and follow it. And then if you're on Twitter or Instagram, follow at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter, at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram. Follow us there. Uh, And then while you're doing, like, going on this following spree, you know, it's like, it's fun to follow new accounts. It's kind of like, like when you go to the mall and you come back with just bags of new clothes. That's the way it feels like when you go on following spree on social media. So while you're doing it, just go ahead and follow my guy, Jack Gentry, Jack A. Gentry on Twitter. He is a must follow on there. Uh, incredible. He, he writes a lot for A to Z sports. He knows his Memphis Grizzlies. He, you know, he knows his Tennessee Titans and he's got great memes. So give him a follow literally worth your time. And I know most people are only in it for the memes. That's why I have to mention the memes. Yeah, uh, he's a hilarious so follow. And then you can follow me on Twitter. If you want at Austin Huff, I'm finally back out of suspension after about a week. Good. Uh, good. Yeah. And you know what? Welcome back. You know what I say to Twitter? Eat a massive pile of dirt. Uh-oh. Okay. We got to censor that one. Oh, oh, yeah. Bleep that. Bleep that. <laughs> Sorry. I don't want my, in case my mom's listening. She's not. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's all we got. Jack, do you got anything for the road? Just one little thing. Stay tuned for, uh, you know, maybe just a teeny tiny announcement when it comes to the NFL draft down the road. Just, just keep that in mind. Keep that just in keep mind. that in mind. A teeny tiny little announcement. Just, you know, maybe tuck that away. Tuck that in the back of your mind with uh, put, Andrew yeah. Trezilli in the back of Jordan Estrada's mind. Put that under your pillow, flip it over in a couple of weeks, and we'll see what we have. Yeah, it could be some cool news. See what I did there with the pillow nice, analogy? Cool side of the pillow. I like it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also, uh, help us reach our Instagram and Twitter goals. So please give us a follow on there. Uh all right, that's going to do it for us this week. Man, short episode, Jack. I almost feel like I don't know what to do with the rest of my day. I know. <laughs> I know. What, what are we going to do? <laughs> All right, that's going to do it. Until next week, tighten up. They used to be the Oilers a long, long time ago when they played in the Houston Astrodome. They've gone from being spoilers to starting 6 and 0. had the same head coach leading all the way that's one of many reasons that i'm loving how they play they're the tennessee titans they're the 